0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome inside the Braves booth. It is great to have you with us as we bring you episode number 38 of our podcast alongside Joe Simpson and our producer engineer, Jonathan Chadwick, Ben Ingram here with you, and we are coming to you from Truist Park and it is good to be home. Of course, the Braves on the tail end of this uh, homestand play tonight and tomorrow. We're back out on the road seeing... Kansas City and San Diego but it's good to be home and always great to hear from every one of you out there And you can uh, send us a note by dropping us an email bravesbooth at gmail.com feel free to send your questions and comments to that email address bravesbooth at gmail.com and Joe we're riding high from another walk-off win last night that was a blast wasn't it
2: well it was just such a great turnaround from what we'd watched the last three nights prior to that and uh, a much-needed win And uh, I was happy that it came from a source, uh, the new guy, Sean Murphy, who's been trying real hard to get on track and do something to help the ball club offensively. And he has really done so, not just with hits over his last two or three starts, but, but just getting on base, drawing a lot of walks. And then last night driving in three runs, including the game winner. I was really happy for him.
1: Yeah, you'll take a game winner from anybody, but there are some guys who you might say, this guy could use a moment like yeah, that. And yeah. Sean is at the top of that list.
2: Uh, absolutely, and it, it just endears you to the club. It The name across your jersey becomes embedded in you that way. You know, you're no longer just wearing a new jersey. You're part of that, and part of the guys and one of the brothers in that clubhouse and he won
1: a ball game for him last night. Yeah, he did. So two home wins, both walk-offs. That's that's, that's quite the standard to set, isn't it? Yeah, I think the fans are going to get a little spoiled on that uh, front, but uh, it's certainly fun for us and uh, a lot of fun to watch the guys celebrate. I was having a conversation with somebody today, and they brought up the walk-off. I said, yeah, they they did it again. That's Uh just what happens around here. (laughs) And it's not just this season. This is for the last four or five years in this ballpark. When they come to the plate, ninth inning, tenth inning, whatever it may be, and it's tied or they're within a run or sometimes in a couple of runs, it just feels like they put together good ABs. Now, whether they get it done or not, that's eh, anybody's guess night in, night out. But when they get in that situation at home, you just, you've just you come to expect it to happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it surprised me a little bit last night. You could probably tell on my call. I wasn't sure it was going out. I knew it was high and yeah. it was deep. But uh, I was watching a replay today from center field, and the pitcher, kind of turned his head and then started walking to the dugout. He knew before any of the rest of us, <laughs> but he heard the crack of the bat and he had a pretty good feeling what was about to happen. Yeah,
1: well, I'll tell you one person who expected it. Our producer, Jay how about, Chad. How about him? I mean, we're we're coming back from break. We're about to we're about to come back from break. And at the end of nine innings, uh, I come back on the air and then I send it to you. And and what our format is for extra innings is we go back and forth inning by inning. So Joe would have the tenth, I'd have the eleventh, and so on and so forth. So right as we're about to come back on, J-Chad comes in both of our ears, and he says, how about walk-off right here? Sean Murphy, you in? And I said, I'm definitely in. Yeah. And then, boom, we're on the air, top of the 10th. Here's Joe. One pitch. One pitch.
2: Thank you, Jay chad Yeah. I, it did make me wonder where the hell you were during the Padres series, but that's okay. <laughs> Could have used you then, buddy. <laughs> if, if there's any way we can turn around this great moment for J-Chad, I just did. <laughs>
1: I love that you got his name on the call, too. Yeah. That's terrific. Right. Uh, Yeah, that was so much fun. And, um, you know, take on um, the Reds tonight, the second game of the series. And the news tonight, of course, is Kyle Wright. And while we saw him just a, a few times at spring training, Uh, It's great to see him out there, and and I think the biggest concern for me, of course, we've spoken a lot about these injuries, Joe, but at the top of that list, as much as I want Travis back and Michael back and so on and so forth, I need the starting pitchers. Right. Uh, And to get Max back, hopefully this coming road trip, and have Kyle back tonight, that's a big lift.
2: With rare exception, all of these guys in the Braves rotation give you a chance to win every time they go out there.
1: Uh, Now, last night, as
2: a prelude to tonight, the great work by Bryce Elder really helped the bullpen now he still had to use Jesse Chavez for a couple of outs Uh, Mentor had a rough night uh, which I think was kind of reflected by him being out there the night before I think that took away something from him Uh, and then uh, Dylan Lee but everybody else should be ready to go because I don't have great expectations for Kyle tonight to go deep in the ball game Mm -hmm. I think if he goes five that's great anything beyond that is a bonus so um, let's see what happens basically
1: the, the first building block of the season for yeah, him. Yeah, Because, to, to, look, I'm not – you have to have realistic expectations. I'm not saying it's great to have him back because I expect him to go out there and win 21 games again. Yeah, that, is, that probably won't happen. But just to get him back and get him going, get him started, get that positive uh, momentum heading in the right direction. Even if he turns in five innings tonight, I'll be thrilled to that. I'm sure he will be too.
2: And I think Brian Snitker and Rick Kranitz will be too. I, I know that they have been – very kid gloves like with his shoulder uh starting at the beginning of spring training when he was uh basically set down and told not to throw and let it rest calm it down so if he's just a hundred percent and gives you four or five innings that's a bonus as you say going forward that's going to be a great addition back into the rotation and,
1: and kind of set everybody else up too yeah it will and i think uh adding him back in there, and once you get Max back, then you start to say, okay, well, Spencer's looked really good right out of the chute. You know what you're going to get out of Max. Hopefully Kyle is healthy. I loved what we saw to Bryce Elder last night, and I was thinking to myself this morning, if, I, if I'm ranking, who are my best five arms in the organization right now that I can put in my rotation, he's in there for me after, yeah. after what we've seen in his first two starts.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would qualify that by saying the, the best five pitchers. Yeah. Uh, and he is not the hardest thrower by any means, but what he's done in his two starts uh, with movement, location, uh, command, he hadn't given up a run. Uh, we've all got to be impressed with what he's doing compared to what he did in spring training when, right. where he kind of spit the bit a little bit when he had a chance to solidify this spot. Well, he's not messing around right now. He's pitching great, and you've got
1: to include him in anything going forward in, ter- in terms of the rotation. Yeah, it was something that you desperately needed. He goes out there, he doesn't give up a run, and something that we were talking about during the game, we kept saying, boy, if he could eat up six innings, Get into the seventh. That would be huge for the bullpen. Yes. And he did that, too.
2: And he did that, too. And uh, didn't have to use – he got over the 100-pitch mark, I believe, and that was a good sign for him, too, instead of trying to uh, massage his way
1: into the fifth inning with 95 pitches. He he was he had plenty of room to spare. Let's talk about another guy who's been a big boost for this team, and we, we spoke about him last night, Joe, and that's Orlando Arcia. And the point that you made, I thought it was a great point, was that the day he was named starting shortstop at spring training – something happened there with Orlando. Not yeah. to say that he wasn't a good player already. He is and he's an established big leaguer, but once the team showed him that confidence, his confidence reflected that and it's it's been displayed in his in his statistics.
2: You know, that starts at an early age, Ben. Think about it. Think about when uh Maybe it was a parent-teacher conference and your, your your teacher was bragging on you to your parents and it got back to you. And you, you start feeling pretty good about yourself that, you know, you're a good student or a good citizen in class, things like that. Just at a very early age, how important that uh, reassurance was and that confidence building, how confident building that is for anybody. And even as adults, let's face it, we, we appreciate it when somebody says something nice about you or they like what you do. And for him to get that vote of confidence after basically being a utility guy for the last two years and being a cheerleader on the bench a lot, um, it just—I think it did wonders for him to say, "All right, I, I'm—I
1: know I can do this. I've done it before, and let's go." Yeah, and he's man—he stepped up at some big moments. And you want me to bat a knife? Okay, fine. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'll go out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he's done that, and um, really given some length to the order. And good to see his bat the other night—the the way he was swinging it. Um, Like I mentioned, game number two of the Reds this evening. It'd be terrific to take this series or better, get a sweep, and got another tough road trip coming up.
2: Yeah, let's win tonight uh, and get back in the winning series kind of mode before the team goes back on the road trip. Uh, Going to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City is not a real good ball club right now, but they're kind of like this Reds team. They've got some players. Uh, interspersed in their lineup that can do some damage. Salvador Perez, uh, certainly the first guy that comes to mind, um, I, he's one of the best, maybe the best offensive catcher in, in all of baseball. Uh, and they've got a couple of pitchers, too, that if you draw the wrong guy, it's going to be a tough night. So you can't go to Kansas City thinking you're just going to go up there and wipe them out because they are not don't have a good record. They had a great spring. They may have had the best record in all of baseball in spring training playing out in Arizona. So they figured some things out. They learned how to win a little bit and uh, go into Kansas City and don't let your guard down at all before you go to San
1: Diego. Yeah, it'd be great to use this Red Series and the Royal Series to gain some momentum, feel good about yourself, get a little healthier, Yeah, and then say, all right, let's re-rack them against that Padre team that came yeah. here and took three out of four.
2: Yeah, it's, um, I'm not sure how the the rotations are going to match up again. I, I doubt that it's going to be exactly the same as it was before, and it's only a three game series this time, but you got to figure you're going to catch you Darvish this time, right? Uh, that they didn't have to face in the series here in Atlanta. So maybe some different matchups in that series. But I just like I, I think they got the Braves' attention certainly and know that when
1: Atlanta goes in there, the Braves have
2: got to play their best ball.
1: April's an interesting month. We, we, I think we get into May, especially June, and, and we know who's who. And you know what your division looks like. And here are the teams I'm really competing against. And here's where I am in the standings and what we have to do. April, we are still figuring all that out. Maybe a little bit of May. It's kind of like the beginning of a, of a race. Everybody's kind of jumped in there right out of the gate and they're, they're bunched in there together and waiting on a little bit of separation. So I know that Padre team is good. I feel like the Braves beat a really good Cardinal team, but it's interesting to me to get into June and July, look back on the first month and see who's really who. And we're still figuring that out right now, aren't we?
2: I think when we get to June or July, we're going to
1: realize we caught the Cardinals at
2: a very good time. Good point. They, they got beat again last night out in Colorado. They're just not playing good baseball. They're certainly not getting good pitching. But don't count on that to last. This is a, That's a good team. And by the time we see them in September, they're going to be fighting for the Central Division title. So to your point, we're going to realize that was a good opportunity to go in there and sweep those guys. They are good teams. We've got more good teams coming up. we got more games coming up in the division, so we always know that's going to be tough.
1: Anything else you want to throw out there before we dive into some of these questions?
2: Uh, I did have uh, a thing or two uh, and it had to do with position players. Uh, it, and We already touched on one, and that's Sean Murphy picking up some slack for Darnell with Travis being on the I.L. with the uh concussion protocol um matt olson you know matt's made some adjustments in his swing that i want to get some more info info on and find out exactly what he's doing differently but man is he walking a lot sure is. they're not they're not pitching to him and it's going to be up to austin riley to force them to throw him a few more pitches and it's not like austin's you know chopped liver here he's getting his hits he's hitting right around 300 but uh man, they just not giving Matt anything at all to hit.
1: And I'm not sure I blame him after what he did in spring training and the first few days of the season. Yeah, he's lit it on fire. And I did see one side-by-side. I know there's a lot more to this, because, and I'd love to hear him talk to us about it. But I did see a side-by-side of his stance of the plate last year versus what he looks like this year. And he's not quite as upright. Yeah, He looks a little bit more hunched over and a little bit more closed. Yeah, his
2: hands are a little farther away from his body. Right. Yeah, I saw that same thing. Um, I'd love to hear him explain all that. Exactly. That's what I want to find out. Maybe today I can get a chance to talk to him around the cage and get get some insight on that. Um, Ronald's playing well. You know, the, the, so as goes Ronald Acuna, so go the Braves. I, I, we've got some other guys that if something happened and we need somebody else to lead off, there, there's some other guys you could put in the leadoff spot, but none as dynamic as Ronald Acuna Jr. And I just have to believe that his knee – is 100% and he trusts it so he can go all out when he's running. Uh, he's playing smart baseball on his base running. He's not getting on just running every time he gets on base, but he's got five stolen bases already, you know, in the first 11 games. Pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so he's being smart about that. And I'm just happy. For him, that he's healthy again and can do what he can do, so it'll be fun to watch. It's reflected in his defense too. Yeah, it is. He had the one hiccup the other night when he let Bogarts take third base while he was still sitting on his <laughs> knees. There, there's a few of those things that kind of come up once in a while, but not as often as they used to. Made the great catch leaping against the wall to rob somebody of a, a double off the
1: bricks the other night. Well, he went Jordan logo on us. Yes, yeah, he did. Wasn't that was great. Yeah,
2: it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So those two guys at the top of the order, Ronald and Matt Olson, are doing great work. They're getting on base a lot, and that really sets the tone for everybody else.
1: Yes, it does. It's been a blast to see those guys and see the start that they've gotten off to because the teams had – even though they had the, the hiccup versus the Padres dropped three out of four, it's still been a really good start, much better than what we've seen in recent years. Yeah. That's and a good feeling.
2: It is a good feeling. Nobody likes to dig out of a hole. Nobody likes to start 0-5 or 2-7. and 7. And feel like, boy, it's going to be a week before we're even back to 500. Yeah. You know, so getting off to a good start is uh, is a big deal. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every
1: journey. Our email address, BravesBooth at gmail.com. We'll go ahead and dive into some of the uh, listeners' questions. And once again, you guys have given us a full list of really good questions. And I know that Jay Chad will be joining us here for this segment, so... Uh, he'll throw in some answers as well. But let's start with this one from Eric. He says, I think about Matt Olson last season. I'm thinking about Sean Murphy this season. How long does it take to uh, for a player to fully get comfortable when they're forced to change teams? And that's a really good example. And whatever struggles that Sean might be having, he's got Matt to, to walk him right through that because Matt overcame that last year. And they were teammates.
2: You know, What better source to go to about uh, settling in with the Atlanta Braves, finding a place to live. You know, making your family comfortable. What do I expect when I go to Truist Park? What are the fans like? Then a guy you you played with for about four or five years. That's a big deal to have have that source that uh, Sean has. Um, The the other to the question, the point of the question, I think I answered a minute ago, is that when you do something like Sean did last night to win a ball game, just outright with one swing of the bat, you're on the you're in the club. You know, you're sure. on the team. That is that is your jersey now. You're part of it. And uh, nothing's going to endear you more to your teammates
1: than something like that. I love that. And, and he's such a talented player. He'd already won us over. But sure. uh, that moment last night for him, that was a big one.
2: Well, and we wanted him to get off to a good start. We wanted Matt to get off to a good start to kind of uh, uh, put those put those feelings to rest that he's under pressure to prove why he's here. Why the Braves traded for him? Why did Alex Anthopoulos go get this guy? Why did he give him a contract extension? All those things can kind of mount up on your shoulders, man, when you go to the plate to try to prove all that stuff, and you want him to do well right out of the gate. And for Sean, we're not right out of the gate,
1: but it's happened here in the first 11 games, the last two or three, where he's uh, gotten things going. Works for me. Let me give you guys one more question. This is from Fran. When looking at the NL East, do you fear the Mets or the Phillies more? How about you, J.C.? You want to fire off with that one?
0: Neither. I don't
1: think you really fear anybody, do you? No. You know that they're really good teams, and you know you have to beat them, but I don't think you look at either of those teams or anyone else in the National League and say, man, I don't know if we can beat those guys. I think they can beat anybody. I, um, I look at both teams
2: right now as really missing key components. Just like the Braves, they suffered some really serious injuries with Diaz, their closer for the Mets, being out, what, probably will be the whole year. And likewise, Reese Hoskins with his knee. Now, he's, he came out today and said, I'm hoping to be back. If the team makes a deep run into October, I'd like to be back by then. But he had a torn ACL. So how effective he might be then, who knows? Those are two key players for them, especially key players for the Philly, a player for the Phillies who was instrumental in their deep run last year. He got hot at the right time. Uh, if I had to pick one of those teams to really keep an eye on all year long, philadelphia phillies
0: and they're still missing bryce harper too
2: and they'll get him back yeah uh nola yeah. wheeler right they, they, they got, we know what they're capable they've of. got two studs at the top of their rotation just like the mets have but those two guys at the top of the mets rotation scherzer and verlander are you know gray hairs yeah and we're not sure how long how much they'll be able to pitch
0: both really good teams yeah but so are the braves Yep. Here's one from Kevin. Not that he needs any validation from me or you, but has Orlando Arcia started to quietly sil- silence some of his critics with his play to start the season?
1: To this point, I think he definitely has. I think there was some concern and questions once uh, the, the, the competition for shortstop went a completely different direction. It was a pretty radical shift because all we were focusing in on was Grissom and Schumacher. And when it suddenly shifted to Arcea, uh, there were a lot of people scratching their heads I don't think that has anything to do with Arcea's ability or lack thereof. I just think it was because the attention was somewhere else. But any doubters that he may have had, defensively, he's answered. And that was my biggest concern. Just go pick it. Uh, whatever you do offensively, that's great. And his offense has been solid, especially for a guy batting towards the bottom of the order. But defensively, he's been as good as anybody.
2: I agree. And, I'm, I'm again, we're, we're happy for him. We knew he could pick it. We knew he had a great arm. That was not a concern from the get-go.
0: I said on this show last week, I was waiting for the story not to become, you know, Warren Vaughn and Braden not here, but more about what Orlando's doing every night, and maybe finally we're getting to that point.
2: And he's got a huge smile on his face. You know, he's having so much fun. He's so proud of himself as he should be, or I, I'm going to say he should be proud of himself for what he's doing and contributing mightily to the team but he's just happy, and uh, he waited his turn. He was patient, and uh, like you said, you want to bat ninth, you're going to bat ninth. Okay, whatever. Happy to be here, happy to be in the lineup, and good for him on that, that front. Here's one from Ken. I've always been curious if you guys ride the emotional roller coaster of a season like the
1: fans do. I don't know that the, the highs and the lows are quite like it would be if you're a fan, but at the at the end of the day, we're still fans, and you you feel when the team is rolling – and playing good baseball, you also feel it when they're not and you want them to do well. I wouldn't say that... Now, my answer will be different from JC's. I don't I don't really stress out night to night. I feel like they're going to be pretty good at the end of the season. Meanwhile, Jay chad it, it, it could be a random game on the third week of April. He's going to be hiding under the desk if it's a one-run game in the ninth inning. With a paper bag breathing <laughs> into a paper bag.
0: Look, my, my job's the same, whether they win or lose, whether they go to the postseason or not. But... I think I can speak for everyone in the booth and say that we want these guys to win every night. Sure. We want them to win. We want them to perform. We're big fans. We hope they win every night. Um, yeah, sometimes it gets to me a little bit. I don't go home and, you know, beat the dog if they lose. It's nothing <laughs> like that. I just want them to win.
2: Well, you know what? You guys can agree with me or not. It's When we have games where we pull out a win like, like last night, we could have lost. It's not – it doesn't stay with us that long Where we say, oh, man, that was – we needed that. That was a must win. That was a big win. Like we do if we suffer a tough loss where we had a game in hand and all of a sudden we gave it up in the eighth or ninth inning.
1: I think those games stay with us longer than the the high notes. When you had it and gave it up? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. And and it it sticks with you. Because I remember times last year we were in September – and we didn't know if we were going to catch the Mets or not. And we had multiple conversations where we were saying, remember that game in Milwaukee? Remember that game in Arizona? This was three and four months earlier. Yeah. I don't think we were recalling, hey, remember that big win we had in, in May with Chadwick Trump getting that double? Didn't say that. <laughs> it's like me playing golf.
2: I can tell you all about the three and four footers I missed, <laughs> but I won't I won't even mention the 30-foot lucky roller coaster right. I made Like like that was to be expected. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I had that planned all along. Yeah, no problem. Right, right. All right, this is a very appropriate question. Honestly, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't lead with this because it's the most important question from Brandon. Now that there's new blood in the TV booth, I'm curious if there would be any different outcome in a steel cage match between Radio and TV. Absolutely not. In fact, it'd be easier now. Yeah. I mean, Chip was was twice the size of Brandon.
0: Chip was about 6-6. Yeah. Brandon's about 5-9.
1: Yeah. I like our chances. Yeah, Jeff
2: Francoeur would have to carry a lot of that, and I, <laughs> I feel like uh, that's just going to be too overwhelming for him.
0: Yeah, there's there's three of us. There's two of them. I feel like I could take Brandon and probably Jeff maybe at the same time and let right. uh, okay. Ben and Joe just kind of spectate. Just but on them, Be yeah. there just in case I got tired well, I and two, here, here's what somebody would,
1: in. Here's what would also happen. They would say, okay, we need, we need proper numbers three on three they'd call upon Peter Moylan. Well, deep down, Pete's allegiances are to us. And, mm-hmm. and it'd be like Hulk Hogan turning on yep. WCW to yep. go to the NWO. Well, he'd just refuse to, to tag in. Right. He, yeah. he wouldn't, he wouldn't come in. They'd call him down, and then he'd deck one of their <laughs> own guys.
0: Who else could they call? Nick Green?
2: Uh, What's he going to do? Tom Glavin? Psh, Tom would say, peace out.
1: Tom would have <laughs> to charge his car. Uh, Nick, Nick would, would have, have, have to charge him. his car on the way to the match. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, so we got him. Yeah. We still got him.
2: Uh, sticking with TV here, this is from Travis. Come on, Travis. Is Kelly Kroll in her 50s or 60s? Come on. She's thir- early 30s, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought she, she was in her 20s. She's she's
2: gorgeous. I don't know what you're talking about here, but uh, maybe you're just trying to get I'm us riled up. I don't else. know. But Travis, yeah. yeah, she's certainly a beautiful woman and single. We'll throw that out there for any of you single guys. Yeah, we might get her a date lined up. Heck yeah.
0: Here's one from uh, Megan. This one's for Joe. Now that you're approaching your first break in the calendar, how will you spend your time away? Will you be tanning on the beach? How will you keep up while you're away? Do you worry about Ben and J-Chad when you're not working?
2: (laughs) Oh, I'll answer that last one first. I'll worry about Ben and J-Chad a lot because, you know, I pretty much have to hold her hand all the time on the road, you know, show them where to go, how to act and all those things. And I'm kidding. Uh, But I will be checking in with them, see how things are going. If there's anything that's happened to the team that didn't make the press that I need to know about. And I will keep up uh, watching the games, listening to the games and uh, checking different stuff on the internet. But I will definitely be in touch with the game. When I go home, uh kathy's got uh, two weeks worth of uh honey waiting for, him, for me and you'll some, be busier there than you are with us oh absolutely my days will be very busy and i've got i've got things to do that i want to do when i get down there and hopefully get in around a round of golf or two i was two. gonna
0: say you just got some new golf clubs
2: yeah they're 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 here they're actually i brought them here and i haven't been able to use them so uh that's unfortunate and i'll make up for that when i get home what like, about you know, tanning enough. on the beach probably not a lot um, but I will be going with Kathy to walk the dogs on the beach uh, quite often. Not every morning like she does, but pretty often. Not quite speedo season yet. Still, maybe for some people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joe's more of a uh, July August type guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be out Get there. The heat there on the cheeks. <laughs> getting some Ray tones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is a question for Joe. What do you miss about Skip and Pete the most? Would Ben and J. Chad have have fit in with those guys, and do they have any similar qualities? Lastly, would Skip just berate J. Chad for nine innings each night? That's from Dan. Yes, he would. Um, (laughs) uh, I miss both of those guys
2: uh, a lot. We've got their big posters up here in our booth. We have pictures of uh, various guys from Don, Pete, and Skip from the old days too, which is a nice thing, a nice reminder every day. Uh, Ben and J. Chad would most definitely – fit in with that core of guys and all the guys would have enjoyed both of these fellows they're, they're cut from the same cloth everybody's big braves fans they love the braves they work hard at what they do they're prepared and that would be what pete and skip both would appreciate is how uh how ready they are to do their job and how much fun they are to be around when you're doing the job so they they're they're part of the history and uh would fit in beautifully
0: Uh, here is one from Brenda do family or friends ever meet you guys on the road curious if you even have time for something like that
1: they do I think it depends on the city no one ever comes to visit us in Cincinnati or or St. Louis but if we have an off day in Miami or New York yeah, that's a pretty popular one
2: yeah Kathy used to go on the road more than she does now and um, backing up there was always a family trip or two every year on the charter, kids included. Uh, not anymore. No family trips on the charter. They, you can still fly right? Uh, wives and girlfriends and family into towns on your own dime, but not on the charter. But, uh, yeah, and that because of that, Kathy traveled to games more often than she certainly does now.
1: Yeah, postseason we have two planes. You have a family plane mm-hmm. and everybody else plane. So you guys will bring their family, kids, and everything included for the postseason trips. But, yeah, during the season, uh, I mean, it's worked out well being in Atlanta for that where uh, you can get a direct flight anywhere. And at the beginning of the season, I'll, I'll hand the schedule to Ashley and so say anything you want to do? And, She's not uh,
0: the girlfriend this week. I loved it. I was just thinking the same thing.
1: <laughs> the girlfriend, Ashley. <laughs> I think he learned his lesson. Uh-huh. And because and Chicago this year has an off day. Um, In years past, we had off days in Miami, Mm -hmm. and that'll pop some eyes. Like, yeah, let's make that happen.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, my wife has been to Miami four or five different times, met us there. Melted
1: your credit card.
0: Melted it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always ask her when she comes down there, do you want me to leave you a ticket for the game? And she's like, no, I'm just going to stay here and go to the beach. Yeah. So she enjoys coming down there, and she likes to come to maybe different various cities that – she hasn't been to a lot or maybe not at all. So, yeah, for sure. Um, do we have time for that? Um, we try to make as much time as we can. That's why
1: yeah. of the off day is important. Yeah. If you have an off day in a place. Uh, let's see here. It's from Ron. All right. Let me preface by saying that
2: I'm as big a fan of Ozzie Albies as there is. I'm just wondering if he's healthy. He doesn't seem to be himself at the plate or really even in the field. Any insight you can shed would be appreciated. Big fan of the podcast. That's from Ron. I I'll start, and I I don't I don't think Ozzy's a hundred percent. I don't. I'm. This is just me, my speculation. We know that he had some shoulder surgery in the off season. Uh, we know that he started spring training as a DH. You know, still kind of strengthening the shoulder. So I think that's still, and and will be an ongoing issue because he plays every day. It's hard to get something a hundred percent and build up the strength when you're playing every day, but. Uh, on the side note to that, great strength and conditioning people here with the Braves. They work so hard and diligently with these guys to get them right. So um, if anybody can get Ozzie right, it would be them. And then he's just got to work on some mechanics in his swing, get that straightened out too.
1: Very good. Yeah, and like you said, he's. I, he, I think about Ozzie when we first saw him first week of spring training compared to where he is now, and he's come a long way since yes. then. So it's just a process, and got to, just got to wait, and let him get stronger and stronger day by day. Keep in mind too, Ozzy,
2: Ozzy broke his elbow um, the winner or the right at the end of the regular season in Gwinnett, uh, before he spent his first full year in the big leagues. He's got a pin in his elbow, you know that uh, causes him some issues at times too. It certainly took away some of the strength in his arm because he was a shortstop. I would venture to say he can't play shortstop anymore. For that reason his arms not strong enough right but uh keep that in mind too when you you're watching him throw
0: and last year it was the finger it was the foot mm-hmm. now it's the shoulder we know what he's capable of and what he can do when he's healthy he's just got to get back to that
2: and and to follow that up
0: set some rough luck
2: think about uh 162 games and the total it takes on guys uh whether it's a foul tip off the foot or the knee or in Ozzy's case when he took that swing and rolled his ankle, um, sliding into the bases. That makes you appreciate that much more a guy like Dansby last year or Matt Olson going to the post every single day and somehow remaining healthy. Now, were they healthy? We wouldn't know if there was a little nagging injury here and there, but they were out there all the time, and Freddie Freeman too, for that matter.
1: That's a number we should look at more. When we're looking at baseball reference pages – uh, we're looking at back of baseball cards, and we say oh, this guy had this many home runs or that many RBIs. Seeing one sixty or more in games played—that's th- that's a huge number. That I don't think gets the attention that it probably should.
0: It's hard to do what we do up here every day throughout the course of a long season. Thirty plus at spring training, one hundred sixty-two in the regular season. If you're lucky enough to make it to the postseason, I don't think anyone understands. I've never done it, so I certainly don't. Joe, you have the wear and tear as you pointed out of being on that field every day it's amazing that guys are able to do that
2: i'm going to speak for myself i working up here and doing what i used to do 150 or 55 games on television uh and then into radio i know there's days where i'm not at my best i know i'd go through the same routine i do the same preparation but some days there's just a day that Things didn't come easily, you know, when you're talking or analyzing, or whatever the case might be. Uh, So to do what they do every single day, uh, the way they do it and to the level they do it is pretty remarkable. Yeah,
1: I think so, too. I was going to say,
0: and there's some days, whether you're up here or down there, maybe you just don't feel good that day. Yeah. And, you know, you find a way to get through it.
1: Right. and You might have life going on. You know, these guys have family and friends and things that go on off the field that could be some, sometimes you have a bad day that's sitting with you yeah um or get yeah. a, or get a needle stuck in your
2: eye before the like game. you today yeah so that's always good oh, this is
0: the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the warning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> uh,
1: this is from John. Uh, this is a great question. Hey, guys, love the podcast. My question is with Andrew Jones's number getting retired in September Whose number do you think will be retired next? That's a great debate. Uh, I think I think um, the first number that jumps to mind is five with Freddie Freeman, mm-hmm. but that might require him coming back to finish his career in Atlanta. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Time can only tell something like that. Outside of that, you do have some really good players who are young and are locked up for a while with Acuna, 13, with Riley, 27. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Max Freed spends his entire career in a Braves uniform. So you got some candidates, and they have to be a Brave for a lot longer, and they have to continue to put out numbers like they are.
0: He's not a player, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he's certainly been with the organization a long time. And what if he wins another World Series? Brian Snitker.
2: Yeah, could be. Yeah. i got another one for you, and that's Terry Pendleton. Won an MVP and was – good player solid player and a solid human being and a good representative of the organization and still with the organization in a coaching capacity was was our hitting coach for years you
1: know a decade or more so I would nominate number nine also good call you got some good decisions and some good choices there to choose from and we'll just see what what time does with some of these because there are times where we thought there were certain numbers that were 100 percent going up there and maybe times change and Uh, circumstances uh cause to not be the case anymore so we'll just wait and see
2: i've got one here from um kathy with a c if the three of you somehow got stranded on a deserted island what would each of the three of you be responsible for to survive start with you jonathan (laughs) what would your job be
0: um that's a good question (laughs) Uh, i don't know we're in trouble yeah i think we're in trouble
2: (laughs) So I guess it's down to two of us. <laughs>
0: I would keep watch. Keep watch. <laughs>
1: Make sure that we have SOS and giant palm leaves on the I mean, the I
0: would like to say hunt, hunting and gathering. Maybe I could do the gathering part. I've never been much of a hunter. You know, get firewood or kennel. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I could do some things like that. I could help cook if we had anything to cook.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So we've got the kitchen covered. Um... <laughs> I'm thinking I'd probably be good on the latrine, you know, <laughs> digging a hole. I was really worried about that. How yeah, about you were? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh man. I think we'd figure it out. I think we'd be pretty resourceful and between the 3 of us figure some things
0: out. I have no doubt that if Ben had to tackle a wild animal for us to have something to eat, he would figure it out hey, because we're going to eat. Ben yes, has to I promise eat. you that.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, we, I can just see Ben and a wild boar over there wrestling, and <laughs> yeah. Jonathan and I seeing the bushels, bushes, rattling around and just waiting for see who
1: comes out. We'll be wearing <laughs> a, a tusk necklace by the end of the night. Yeah, eating me some hog.
0: <laughs> Here's uh, a question from Bert: With the Ian Anderson news today, are things starting to make a little more sense, or were his struggles totally unrelated to today's news?
1: Uh, you, you can't put up good numbers if you're hurt. And, no. um You know, if that's what he was struggling with and the elbow's been barking and it's continued to ramp up, You know, th- there's a couple of ways to look at this. Typically when it comes to a Tommy John, and, and there might be some soreness beforehand, and maybe he was just gutting it out and pitching through it. We don't know. We don't know what he was pitching through. Uh, this could have just come up out of nowhere. I don't know. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt knowing that he's having this operation and hopefully this fixes him and he comes back and he's better than we've ever seen him.
2: One of the hardest things on an elbow is slider, and he was working real hard, you know, this winter yeah. to pick up a new pitch, and then it was a slider, and uh, I wonder if it kind of exacerbated whatever was already going on with his arm and maybe just put it over the edge. But I- I'm like everybody else. Whatever it takes to get Ian right, let's get it done, get it knocked out, and get him back.
1: This is from Chip, and he says, love the podcasts are back. I was wondering if you could shed some light on players' options what are they? Are options counted by the number of times a player is sent down or called up? Are options actually years? And um, I know you, you get – when you go back and forth for a year, that's an option. And when you run out of those options, then if you send a guy down, he can be claimed.
2: You get three. You get three options, but that's that's in the course of three years. And they did institute a new rule, and I'm not familiar with how many it is, you know, because – I certainly, it happened to me, going up and down, up and down. Uh, but they started putting a limit on that. Anything beyond three, say up and down three times in the course of a year, then a new rule comes in it either it counts as another option or I forget what the other circumstance is, but they, they've limited how many times you can be called up and sent down. Yeah. But after after three options, guys out of options, now then, you're on the – brink of making or not making a team in spring training but you're out of options if they still try to send you back to triple a or to the minor leagues you have to pass through waivers if you're out of options and that opens you up to every team to put a claim in on you and they pay the braves in this case a certain amount of money maybe fifty thousand dollars and now you're their property that adds an option that if you're the twins and you claimed one of the players from the Braves who was out of options, they they get another option. They can send you to AAA, uh-huh. which is not altogether fair, but
1: at least you've changed organizations. Right, right. And you know, if, if to, to clear waivers, um, if you, if you see a guy out of options and sent down, then he cleared waivers. None of the other teams wanted to put a claim on him. Correct. And therefore, you get to keep him, but you you run the risk of dangling him out there, and mm-hmm. somebody else might grab him. And, and we've seen that affect rosters. You might say, well, maybe normally we'd send this guy down, but he's out of options, so we don't want to lose him, so we're going to keep him here and, and see if we can turn him into something. It's funny how that can manipulate a, a roster sometimes.
2: Absolutely it can. You know, and let's face it, Brandon Schumake and uh, Vaughn Grissom both had options. Right. There were some pitchers who had options, and were it not for injuries, uh, those guys might be in Gwinnett right now. Uh, uh, Nick Anderson's one of them. but but, but he's here instead, but he's got options left. Here's my favorite all year, right Right. here. We're going to do a lot of podcasts this year, but this one, I might might read this one eight times this summer. (laughs) I might have to. This is from Steve. This is just my annual complaint about how loud it is in Truist Park. I can't carry on a conversation with the person sitting next to me. Can they please turn down the music to a comfortable level? Who are they trying to impress? That's from Steve. It does get pretty loud. Steve, this is not going to be a popular answer. Uh, but we actually sit up here in the radio booth to do our work and to sometimes record some of what we are doing in the pregame with our windows closed because we can't hear each other and we've got headphones on because it's so loud. Uh it is ear piercing it's been mentioned to people uh who could actually turn the dial down but um what was the one term we heard want their ears to bleed is that what we heard mission accomplished oh my goodness what what, yeah who are they trying to impress and why would you want something that's that that loud yeah so
1: there you go steve my vote would be for a uh a new song that plays whenever we have a walk off because I think we've been using "All I Do Is Win." Mm-hmm. For, it's the same <laughs> walk yeah. off and boom. All I do is win, and I I, I I get it. You just won a game. Just wouldn't mind a different song yeah. once every ten years. Ben's a,
0: Ben's a big music guy. Huge. He he notices. Well, they played this song yesterday, or this they played this song too. Ben always is all over the music part, and it, it just goes right right over my head. I, I, even, I
2: can live with music. Uh-huh. I just, I don't want my ears to bleed anymore. Uh, and I'm old <laughs> and I don't hear so well, but by God, I hear that. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> that, that, definitely, Woo! you can hear that down the street. Yeah. I you know it. Um, yeah. Here, think, here's uh, a question
0: from Tommy. Tommy Statham I'm a baseball fan uh, and I can't believe how much I like the pitch clock and sh- no shift rule. Makes listening or watching better. I can't help but wonder what Pete, Don, and Skip would think. I do wonder if pitching will suffer because of the sense of having to rush.
2: Uh, I'll answer the Pete, Don, and Skip part of that. Uh, They would have loved it. They would have loved the accelerated pace that we're playing at right now because it had started to really drag. And I can hear Skip in my head right now saying, you know, sooner or later you're going to have to throw a pitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the rules that you do have to throw the ball because
1: that, that drove all of us crazy. So I know they would all like it. And on the last part, if, if pitching will suffer, I don't think so. I'm not really concerned about that. I think these guys have already made great adjustments. I don't see uh, an extra seven, eight seconds really changing how, uh, how a pitcher operates. Uh, I think the, the good ones are good no matter how much time they have to throw, and the bad ones are going to make mistakes regardless of time. So I'm not worried about that part at all. Uh, let's see here. Benjo and J. Chad love the broadcast and podcast. you are the best booth in baseball. Thank you. Uh, with the next road trip coming up in Kansas City and San Diego, what are the best parts of going to those cities and their ballparks? Also with Kansas City coming up, what is your preferred barbecue style? Kansas City, Memphis, Carolina, etc. I know they promote their style heavily over there. Bonus question. I would like to know what inspired Chad to grow his beard out. Looks good. Keep up the good work. That's from Jamie Land in Florida, South Carolina.
0: I mean, I guess I'll start and I'll say the, the preferred barbecue style, all of it, uh, and what inspired me to grow my beard out. The last time I was completely clean shaven was October 15th, uh, it was game, what was that? That would have been game four of the NLDS. Mm-hmm. We're in Philadelphia. I shaved that morning before we went to the ballpark. I came home. I didn't shave for a week and a half or so. And my wife liked it. And so I kept it. Um, it, it different points in the offseason. It was pretty long. Um, and I've certainly trimmed it back to maybe look, make it look a little more respectable. But, um, yeah, that's the reason why my wife liked it. So I kept it.
2: I
1: like it, too. Thank you. Happy wife. Happy life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's what they say. Yeah, On the barbecue, um, I know what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to say Memphis, given that I'm a Mississippi guy, and, and I love Memphis barbecue. But i got to go Texas barbecue, Texas brisket. Uh, there's a bunch of places throughout Texas that I've been to that are just top-notch. That's my favorite kind.
2: We've got some good barbecue down in St. Simon's. Southern Soul, of course, is nationally renowned, uh, a great joint. We also have uh, another one that's kind of a – I'll call it kind of a hole in the wall place uh, over near the King and Prince, and that's the Beachcomber. It's really good too, and and I prefer. I don't like the vinegary sauce. I like the heavy sweet barbecue. Tangy, yeah, barbecue sauce much better.
0: When we were in Kansas City, you know, Kansas City obviously has um, the barbecue joints. A lot of tourist people go to, I guess. Last time we were in Kansas City with the Braves, I believe, was 2019. And I went and had barbecue with Chip, Rob Smith, um, and I forget, maybe Eric Durbin. and I think Rob Smith knew about this place. It was called Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. It was in an old gas station they had converted into a barbecue restaurant. That sounds great. It was phenomenal. Rob Smith knew about it. I don't think that'll shock anyone. Uh, But (laughs) it was delicious. And I may have to go back there while we're there this weekend.
1: I did get a recommendation via Twitter last night. Chris Douglas said slaps in Kansas City is a recommendation. I haven't heard of that one. I'll tell you this much. Gates, of course, is always a big one. I'm going to go check it all out. Mm -hmm. Uh, If anybody's going to come back with a good report card on food, it'll be me. Yeah. I'll go give it a a once-over. San Diego, you can get some... Fish tacos, man. Yeah, you
2: you can get just about anything you want there in the Gaslamp District. It's all varied, wonderful... Uh, Great Tex-Mex southwestern Mexican food is delicious. I'm going to be a fat
1: boy on this trip, man. Hello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a good road, good food road trip. Yes, it is. Uh, when Joe mentioned "quote unquote" the grandson on the last episode, he followed by saying that uh, he went to visit Pete. Is Pete the grandson, and was he named as such in honor of the great Pete Van Waren? Thanks for all you do. That's from Derek in Nebraska.
2: Uh, Derek, no, he wasn't. Uh, I. It's a good uh, uh, tie-in to Pete Van Weeren. Uh It was a family thing. My son-in-law's grandfather that he was very close to, uh, his name, he was called Pete, and my mother's father, who she never knew, she was like two or three when he passed away from tuberculosis, his nickname was Pete, so co- cool. coincidentally, uh, my grandson's name's Peter, but Everybody calls him Pete, but it ties into both sides of the family. I like that. And he can hit. I know where he got that from. <laughs> yeah, Kathy.
0: <laughs> uh, this question, Ben, you can probably answer this. Hey, guys, great to hear from you all via radio and podcast for another season. Here's my first pod quest, podcast question for the year. What is your process for researching and developing a profile for a player that is new to the Braves? Uh, Whether it's an under the radar free agent like Sam Hilliard or a surprise prospect like Dylan Dodd, that's from Austin and Alabaster, Alabama.
1: Well, you 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 start off with the basics. Um, You know, what's this guy throw? Especially if it's a pitcher, what's this guy throw? Uh, And I can tell you, let's use Dylan Dodd. This is a perfect example. Uh, Learned what he throws. Learned what he does best. Height, weight. You know, righty, lefty. All that basic stuff. Then I started to look into where is he from, how did he get here. And that's often really fun for me. I like seeing a high school guy's story, like we talked about Bryce Elder's story last night. Uh, Where did he go to college? Was he some big-time prospect? Was a guy who had to work for it? Maybe he wasn't drafted all that high. So I like finding the road a guy took to get from even as far back as Little League all the way up to uh, the present day. And then finally, I look to see if there is an elephant stampede in his hometown a hundred years ago. Like <laughs> fabulous, <laughs> you end up going down wormholes, is what I'm getting at, and we. we, we. Happened to find this story about the Elephant Stampede in Dylan Dodd's hometown in 1910. We had a blast with that. Typically, you don't come across stories like that. But I bring it up to say you'll end up going down wormholes with, with different guys just to learn more, find more nuggets. I want to find things and bring to our listeners nightly that they don't know. Anybody can can look and see that Dylan Dodd went to southeast Missouri State. That's easy to, to find. But it's fun to go find things that maybe people didn't know and bring that to our broadcast. And we get to talk about it and tell our listeners about it because I want our players to be more than how many home runs they have or how many wins they have or a different statistic. I want them to know elements of who a guy is. Uh, And I think that endures fans to the player, and and it's fun to to broadcast that way. So that's kind of my my hierarchy, if you will, of studying for a guy. And you're good
2: at it. You you find those uh, little hidden gems that I just love every time you come up with one, including the elephant stampede. I mean, that was just so beautiful But who would have ever known if you hadn't kind of looked into that sort of thing? I love those side stories, uh, background things. Uh, For other players that maybe have a little more experience than Dylan, let's use Sam Hilliard as an example. Uh, He played in Colorado. I'm former teammates and good friends with Bud Black, who's still the manager in Colorado. I'll call those guys and say, give me a scouting report on Sam Hilliard or some other player on, on another team. Uh, that's how I find out maybe a little more nuance uh, on their mechanics, on, on their pitching ability, whatever that might be, as opposed to the background that you're talking about. Uh-huh. So that's where I go.
1: That's good stuff. Uh, and it's fun to do that. It's and, and, and I think baseball is so good for that. You could do that with football or basketball, but it's not the same with baseball because I think our format for broadcasting baseball leaves more time, even with the pitch clock now, leaves more time for telling those stories and you see these guys so many times. They're mm-hmm. out there every night for 162 games. Right. So it's fun to follow that and, and tell people about uh, where a guy's from. How much time do we have to have snit? Still got a little while? Yeah. All right. um, here's a good one. I, I like this from Ernie. This year, and this is going to be a disaster if we do this, rather than just having J. Chad sit in and do play-by-play for the last game of the season like we did last year, what was that a half an inning, JC? Yeah,
0: half an half inning. Half inning. That was enough. I, <laughs> it
1: lasted I, about – Eight seconds, too. (laughs) Three up, three down, gone. We need to do it this year and that the team bat's around. Yeah. Uh, But Ernie says, I think Ben or Joe should take over production duties for an inning or two. I bet that will make them appreciate J-Chat even more. If we do that, I don't know that we'd ever go to break. I don't know that the mics would be on.
0: Ernie, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, that would be a bad
2: call, Ernie.
0: You know, I've often wondered since then, like in the moment, like if someone would have hit like a three-run homer, what I would have done if I would have, if it, what would have come out of my mouth? I um, was
1: begging for it. I was in the back of the booth. Please give me a home run. Yeah.
0: It, whew, it may be a good thing. It he, was three up. Three he's days. already
1: nervous. <laughs> we're we're five months away, and he's already getting <laughs> <You got> 152 <laughs> games. So we get there. It's happening though. That's our annual tradition. Now. Here's
0: a good one. I'm curious about. This is from Jared in Dayton, Tennessee. With the new scheduling this year, which non nla city are you all looking forward to visiting the most?
1: I got—I forget where we're going. <sighs> Not well. I mean, you got. I always like going to Chicago and San Diego. They're fun. Uh, but as far as places that maybe we don't normally go, maybe um, let's say just American League places that we go. Um, I have and. and, and This has nothing to do with with Cleveland or Detroit. I really have no interest in in seeing what Cleveland and Detroit's all about, but I am looking forward to going to the ballparks because I've never been to those ballparks before. I haven't worked them yet yet. Uh, in my career. So I'm I'm looking forward to working at Comerica Park and looking forward to working at Progressive Field. I think it'll be fun to go to places I've never been.
0: I'm looking forward to going to Oakland again, the Coliseum. I always like going there. Why? And that makes one of you. I've had uh, this trip circled on my calendar uh, since the schedule came out last year, right before the All-Star break, Cleveland and Tampa. I really like the windows in the broadcast booth in Cleveland. <laughs> And uh, Tampa, you know, the Trop's one of my favorite stadiums to work at. So it's gonna He's be a
1: window th- connoisseur, folks. He'll tell you about every window set up in the big league. He's
0: going to be the only
1: guy in America that picked
2: Oakland and Tampa's <laughs> stadiums because he wanted to go back to those. I, I, that's the only guy I've ever heard say that.
1: The day they bulldoze those places, he'll be the one guy standing in front of the bulldozer. No. Don't. <laughs> Please Stay away.
2: Stop. Yeah. Uh, th- there's another one that. Um, I've always found I mean it's kind of a pain in the neck because of customs to go to Toronto, but Toronto's a great city, and it's clean, pretty nice, great people. Uh, you know you're always going to play indoors in the in the Rogers Center, but they have remodeled you know I'd be anxious to hear you guys report from Toronto about what the stadium looks like now as opposed to its original configuration. Who's doing that trip with us
0: it's kelly johnson's going i think we go to toronto then texas but w- the last time we worked in toronto was it you and nick green yeah it's like 2019 nineteen. So two game series yeah no maybe that was 2018 i don't know i feel like the last time we went to toronto there were some renovations and they'd moved the writing press to the left field corner where we had dinner was to the left field corner yeah they had redone some of the suite level kind of where we work um you know, it's not for everyone, but again, for me, it's another comfortable place to work. It's climate controlled. There's a roof, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Joe said, it's a world class city.
2: It, it, you know what? It was one of the first stadiums that I remember that had suites. That they when they built the stadium, that, they have a hotel. They do, they still and do, the, and the hotel in Center Field. But their suites, and I haven't seen them all, especially in the new ballparks. They were as good as you ever want to have. They were beautiful and uh, inspired a lot of other stadiums in their construction.
0: I know you're not going to be on the trip to Toronto, but um, I felt like this was, since we're talking about Toronto, probably a good time to remind Ben that I'm going to hold on to his passport once we go through customs and not give it back to him until we go through customs again. I had an issue
1: last time we went. Uh Uh-huh put it Mm -hmm. in the suitcase and then send it down with bags oh that's smart like oh wait a second i had to bring the
0: uh, luggage truck back from the airport and uh fish out ben's bag It was like the not really yeah yeah, oh they really did
1: i had to go down and the guy who uh pulled the truck up he was scottish had his thick scottish accent and we're going through the stuff and he was he couldn't have been nicer but he he was digging through that truck and i felt awful for him and i kept apologizing and he was he was awesome.
0: It's a good thing that Nick Green was on that trip because there was some question that our traveling secretary had for Nick reg- regarding his passport. So he asked Nick to come to the clubhouse with his passport. Nick did that. All of a sudden it triggered in Ben's mind. Oh, my passport. He goes to look for it and it's not there. Next thing you know, Ben's on the phone with Chris Hunter, one of the equipment managers. Like I said, the luggage truck had already left the hotel en route to the airport. So I'll never forget when we left the Rogers Centre to go to the airport after the game. Driving secretary was making some announcements on our bus from when we get to the airport and do this and customs and all, you know, the jazz that comes with it. And he said, you know, make sure you have your passports out. Even you, Mr. Ingram. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was trying to tip everybody you're ne- and nobody would accept it. You're never you're never going to
2: slide in baseball if you do something like that. Everybody yeah. eventually is going to know. <laughs> uh, so Toronto Texas, go back to texas yeah. yeah that that ballpark um i don't know if i was blown away by it last year when we went we went early uh but it's another one where we're the booth is perched you know
1: in so the, big in the rafters yeah we're way way up there the
0: booth was really nice yeah and it was comfortable but as you said you're just so high up mm-hmm. but um i liked where we stayed that was nice yeah, it's it's
2: the trip to Texas is always good. It's always hot. So with the yeah. retractable roof stadium that they have now, that's a real bonus for fans.
0: And Kelly Johnson's going to be on that trip. And last year when we went to Texas, we all wore our boots and hats mm-hmm. and belt buckles and
1: Kelly told me he Bolo, didn't own – bolos boots. Yeah, Kelly doesn't Man, own what boots. What are you talking so. about? You're from Austin. How do you not uh, own boots? They
0: make tacovas in Austin.
2: Oh, we'll work know, on him. We'll work on know, him. You know, he and I have had an ongoing rivalry over University of Texas and University of Oklahoma. Right. So if he doesn't even wear boots, I don't know if he qualifies. No, I don't think so. I had to bring that up to him. You know, we might you, leave him in Canada. When you start, <laughs> when you start wearing boots, you know, maybe we'll have a bet. You know, right. if you can even put your hand in configuration of hook horns, you probably can't even do that, Kelly. Oh, well. We We didn't have you two do a game together. We digress. Yeah. Anything else? Um. One of the most – this is from Danny. One of the most memorable calls on the World Series run was when Ben says, when you come to the Kings, you better not miss. Well, it was actually when you come after the Kings, I believe. It's so good, but what is it in reference to, and where did the saying come from? Never heard it before.
0: It was actually not the World Series run. It was when the Braves tracked down the Mets last year. Yeah.
1: Correct. Um – it's a good one danny i um you have a big moment and you know what's coming, and you can't help as a broadcaster but think about okay how are you gonna how are you going broadcast this and It was an enormous, enormous moment, and I've told people before that it wasn't quite World Series, but it was just a notch down. It just felt so good to catch those guys been tracking them down all summer. They thought that the division was over back in May. And the Braves did it again. I mean, it was just an amazing story, mm-hmm. historic run. So all you're trying to do as a play-by-play guy is in big moments, you're trying to match the play with the call. And that was a sledgehammer of a moment, and I needed a sledgehammer of a call. And that was rattling around in my head that night. It's actually, it's, it's actually from a TV show that I do not watch. Um, And, and I, I did not know that the quote was from that show, but I've heard the quote before. I've seen it on social media. And it popped into my mind, and I thought that would fit this situation. And when we got about the seventh or eighth inning, it was just it was just in my mind, and it's weird how that happens. And I thought if, if we win this game and we sweep these guys, I'm going to try to find a way to get that in. And we made the last out, and I put it in there, and you just want to match – the moment with your call sometimes you do it sometimes you don't but you always want to do it and um that's where that came from and it's funny because i've had more people ask me about that than maybe anything else well it's going
2: to be uh a call that will be etched forever in in braves lore that that's going to be around forever and it was a it was a great one great match and it was
1: also our way of kind of turning the screw in the bets yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) which was fun as well yeah Well, that'll wrap things up for us, and uh, we appreciate you being out there, tuning into our podcast, and uh, when we get back in from the road trip, when we go to uh, Kansas City and San Diego, once we get back, we'll do another episode. This coming road trip, it'll be uh, Darren O'Day joining us for the road trip, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll be seeing him make his Major League debut behind a microphone. And I think the fans are going to really enjoy him. Yeah, he'll be really good. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, until then, just tune in. We'll be here, of course, bringing you the Braves and the Reds tonight and tomorrow to wrap up this series and then on the road trip to Kansas City and San Diego. So for Jonathan, for Joe, I'm Ben. You've been inside the Braves booth.